This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. What does it mean to put others first, to be about another person rather than yourself? Today, Pastor Josh Harriman and Pastor Ryan Bibb unpack a little bit more of last Sunday's message in our Rooted series. And really, what does it mean to live for others rather than yourself? Here's Ryan and Josh with more. Hey everyone, welcome to Radiant Reflections, episode 37. My name is Ryan, lead pastor here at Radiant Life, but I am sitting here with my co-host of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Josh Harima. Josh, how are you this morning? I'm doing all right. You notice I set you up. You did. Like, are you trying to model this for me? I'm trying to model well. Going forward, I I do a better job of that. That's that's good. Now, the question is, I never introduce the podcast. Did I do an all right job? Is that did I do what I was supposed to do? Yeah. Okay. That was good. That was good. We're just chatting. We're mixing it up. Yeah. To mix it up, but now you can talk about like what series we're in here at church. Oh, oh, time. okay. Uh, now it's my turn. <laughs> we are in a series titled Rooted. It's been our October teaching series here at Radiant Life, and we just wrapped up uh, episode or part three of the series, but we were still talking about the circle. We've been talking about three powerful environments that God uses to keep us rooted in him and grow, and ultimately the goal to be like Jesus. And uh, week one, we looked at the circle. I'm sorry. We looked at the row, which is our Sunday morning experience. Um, two weeks ago, we looked at the circle part one about how we, we need life together. We need other people. This idea of being in a circle with other believers. And then last week, we talked the circle part two because peopling is very difficult. There you and go. So we needed to really hammer that one. And then next week, we'll talk about the chair. I'm really excited about the chair. Because yeah. it's been so transformative in my life. But I don't want to jump ahead. Okay. Okay. We All right. Save, so save now, I, now I pass save the baton to you. Right. Now you go. No, but I mean, so you, so you hit on it uh, really well there. You said peopling is difficult. So we had to spend twice as long on the circle as we did the other two environments. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is one of the, the four, uh, I'm trying to think how you, one of the four truths that we have to wrestle with with the circle, right, is that people are annoying. Yeah. But, dude, you're a pastor. Aren't you supposed to just love everyone and put up with this stuff? Are, are you even allowed to think that people are annoying? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because I'm a pastor and I did. <laughs> I mean, and we got, I mean, that was a, yeah, that fourth conviction there, people are annoying. That's, that's a tongue-in-cheek, but we could say people are difficult. People get under our skins, you know. I mean, one of the cultures we try to create at Radiant Life is uh, we, we think God created fun and we want to have fun. And so we use that tongue in cheek. But, you know, we think even people we deeply, deeply love, we can be like, man, you're, you're just annoying me right now, right? You're just getting under my skin. I mean, yes, we are to love everyone. Are we to put up with their stuff? Well, we deal with their stuff, whether it's um, in sin or not. We don't like the sin that they're in, but we deal with their stuff. And sometimes it's just, it's difficult. It's messy. It's annoying. It's all that good stuff. I don't think anyone on planet earth has ever had a day or ever had experience where they would say, I've never met an annoying person. I've never been annoyed by a person. If they are... 
Bravo to you. You are way holier than I am. Email us at podcast at church to let yeah. us know what the secret is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so now let's get really practical. Uh, and, and I want to stay on this whole idea that people are annoying for just a, another couple of minutes. Uh, for those that are leading a group, for those that are uh, a participant in a circle, how do you love somebody well who is uh, a total life sucker? Right. I mean, like this, this is the person, you know, and maybe you've had people in, in a circle before like this. You know, these are the ones that they always have to have the worst story. Mm-hmm. Right. Like somebody just talked about how like, you know, well, hey, how was your week? Oh, dude, like I broke my arm, like my car got two flat tires mm-hmm. and I'm broke. Mm-hmm. And then this this other person is like, oh, yeah, I broke I broke two arms. I got four <laughs> flat tires and I'm so broke that, you know, they repossess my house. And yeah. also I have cancer. Like, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, these are the yeah. people like. They always one up the worst case scenario. Right. Yeah. How do you, how do you love somebody like that? Well, it is very difficult. I think you have to have high mercy too, because I joke around and this is maybe horrible to say as a pastor. I, I, <laughs> I have low mercy. Um, I mean, it's there. It's just lower on the scale. This is why I have you as a as my assistant do things because you're higher in mercy than I am and you are better shaped for certain things than I am. This is why I married up, right? My wife is full of mercy and I'm not. So we complement each other very well. You got to have a lot of mercy and you got to have a lot of grace with people. Uh, I, actually, I, I brought this book right here with me. I just, I just received it. It's called Leading Small Groups That Thrive. Five shifts to take your group to the next level, and it's all about the idea of how do how do you serve, how do you make your circle thrive, whatever your circle is, right? And in this case here at Radiant Life, it's life groups. And one of the scenarios they were talking about um, as a leader of a circle, be careful how you place yourself. Like I had not even thought about this, so they they gave a diagram of hey, sometimes there are those in your group that will dominate conversations that will make everything about them and be the like, wow, you are always the worst case scenario person. You're always going to one up like you're more Eeyore than the Eeyore type thing. And in the scenario, what was really interesting in the diagram that they were showing, they were saying as a leader, you bring those people right next to you. Right, so you can control. Let me, because anytime you make eye contact with someone, someone feels like they have to talk. So if they're sitting opposite of the room from you and you accidentally make eye contact, they think you've given them authority to talk, and they're going to talk, and they may dominate and make it about them. So bring those closer to you, and then those that may be softer spoken and aren't as talkative, put them across from you, so you can make the gentle eye contact here and there. Now, if you're ever in my circle moving forward. And I have certain people around. Don't judge yourself. <laughs> oh, that, that person sitting next to him must be the most <laughs> difficult person in the circle. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's true. You got to handle it. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy. But you can handle it with mercy and you can handle it with grace. And sometimes you do just need to sit. As, if you're leading a circle, please lean in right now. Tell them thanks for that. Hey, I would love to have a conversation with you once group is done because I want to check in your heart a little more. So why don't we do that? Let's hold it there. Let's take a pause there. And you and I are going to resume this after group or tomorrow for coffee and then continue on with the group. But yeah, it's people are difficult. Mm -hmm. We're broken. We're sinful. And 
every once in a while, you're just going to get that one person that's in your circle that always will one-up someone in the worst-case scenario. Okay. Uh, so I want to I want to move into what is maybe a generalization, and I don't usually like generalizations. <laughs> However, I know, I'm shocked you're asking this question. This one, uh, this one, uh, I think is might be interesting. Do you think between men and women, one or the other has a more difficult time getting rooted in the circle? If so. What are some reasons you think that whichever one has a more difficult time, why do you think they have a more difficult time engaging in this environment? So I'm going to teach you a lesson real quick, then we're going to jump into the question. Okay. <laughs> I just read this yesterday in that book. I referenced um, leading small groups that th thrive. They say never ask a bipolar question because most of the time those in the circle will respond to one of the question and not the other. So always ask one question at a time. Then if you have a follow-up question, then ask it once the discussion happens. Oh, there you go. Look, I'm learning, there ladies you go. and gentlemen. See? So I noticed that was a bipolar question, but um, the bonus is I have the question in front of me that I can understand <laughs> that there are two questions. So uh, just a teaching moment. Uh, there you go. Uh, that's for all of you guys as well, and me, and Josh, moving forward. But yes, do I think between men and women, one has a harder time getting rooted in the circle? This is a poor generalization, but I think statistically, I would guess it, it's proven accurate that I would say men have a more difficult time getting rooted in the circle than women. Uh, why? I think that varies, and here are just my darts, shooting darts for an answer. I think women are just more, in general, are more social than men. Men tend to be a little more private. And men are, men, not that women can't struggle with pride, but men are very prideful. And if I get into a circle environment, I may have to get vulnerable and open and raw with you, someone, and I don't know if I want to do that. Because I'm pride, I, I got it together, right? Like, or if I'm struggling, I can pull myself up by my bootstraps and I can move on. I'll, I'll be okay type of thing. So yes, I have been in full-time ministry now for going on 11 years and then part-time ministry before that. Every time churches have these circles and these environments, there will be a tendency to see women sign up more than men. Uh, I wish I had the stat. I got to look that up. I know there's stats on that, but. But that's not yeah. just the small groups. I mean, I think uh, typically even church attendance, right? I mean, is going to be a higher percentage women than men. Yeah. yeah. Like right now, I'm just thinking, if we said, hey, we're going to do a women's night at Radiant Life, we'd get a lot of women showing up. If I said we're going to do a men's night, I think we'd get half the number the women got. Well, I mean, okay, so you look at, look at we have Radiant Women's Fitness. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is, a, this is an exercise group. I mean, so there's already some, some criteria that exclude people. Like if you like, if you don't like to dance, if you don't like to do all these things, you know, but I mean, on a Monday night out in a parking lot, you know, they'll get like 70, 80 women sometimes right. coming out dancing. If we had like a, hey, and I'm trying, this is going to be like totally You're stereotypical. General, so again, these are generalizations. We're not saying that every guy likes it. You know, but if we, if we had like a, hey guys, we're going to like build crap or something. Yeah, we're probably not getting 80 guys showing up <laughs> to build stuff. 
No. So, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I think there's something to look at with women in understanding the circle aspect. Like what is gravitational for women and what can men, what can we learn from that? That be like, Hey, it's okay. Like jump in a circle. It's all right. Like, yeah. But I, I do think, I think, and maybe it's for me when I speak this, I do think pride sneaks in. I really do. Got to root that out. Root that out. You do got to root pride out. <laughs> and that's to all you guys listening. And you know what? There are some women that probably struggle with pride. Again, these are generalizations. Yeah. Uh, so just bear, bear with us. Bear with us in that. But what would you say? Let's say we have a, there's a married couple. One of them desperately wants to get rooted in a circle environment. But the other one doesn't. How, how should they as a couple navigate that? Does the one just go and get plugged in and, and leave the, the other one behind? I mean, or how, how, do yeah. you, how do you navigate that? that was a, did I, would, I make I that would, a bipolar question You again? what? No, no, it's okay. not a bipolar. I, just, I, <laughs> I, would, I would green light that. I would say... Somebody's car alarm. The car alarm's going, going off yeah. right now in our parking lot. Nice. I would green light that any day of the week never fall behind when you want to go and do something just because your spouse doesn't want to go do it. I, I, I personally would say that. I don't know if that is, maybe you can help. I don't know if that's a great answer, but I would, don't fall behind in your walk with Jesus because your spouse isn't there yet. Mm. Go after it. Run after him. Pursue him. And if that means you're joining a circle and your spouse isn't, green light it. Go. And just pray for your spouse that they would get rooted in a circle Yeah, moving forward. And I would say if you're like the spouse who doesn't want to, but you're the, your spouse really wants to get rooted in a circle, like, suck it up, buttercup. Come on. Like, <laughs> get out there. Get in the circle, even if it's just for the sake of your, your spouse. And you Absolutely. might find that you, uh, you actually enjoy it and that you make connections uh, that are life-giving and healthy and good for you. So yep. there we go. Absolutely. All right. Um, you know, so you talked about, you know, previous, and you, you hit on this in the, the first part as well, but you talked about two aspects of the circle, right? The impact you have on other people and the impact other people have on you. But what would you say to the person who says, I have, I just don't have anything to offer in a group? You know, maybe, you know, let's, let's bounce back to this, this you know, married couple situation. Maybe the one spouse says, hey, like, it's not that I, I don't want to have connections with people, but I have nothing to offer in a group. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go. What yeah. would you say to that person? I would say you probably have more to offer than you think. I think we undervalue what we bring to a group more than we overvalue what we actually are bringing to a group. So I think everyone, listen, if you have one word of encouragement, you're bringing something to the group. An encouraging word lifts spirits up. You can do that. Not that saying you're going to the group and you're going to the circle and you're like, oh, I have one encouraging word. I got to create that statement that I'm going to give someone. Like, that's not it. <laughs> but being there. Um, here's the other thing. You never know, ever, ever know what someone may bring up as far as a life experience or something they're facing that you have already walked through or going through also yourself. You don't know what will be brought up in the group. Yeah, there, there are a lot of variables. I mean, so to oh, try yeah. to look and say, oh, hey, like ahead of hand, I know I will never have anything to say in this group. Mm -hmm. There are way too many variables for right. you to be able to say when, that. when all of a sudden someone drops the bomb that, hey, I, I'm an alcoholic, and you sit back and go, whoa, because I grew up with an alcoholic parent. 
I may be able to speak something into this situation. Like I know that the dangers and I know the effect it can have on families. And, and then all of a sudden, hey, even though your group has nothing to do with alcohol, but you're, you're studying the book of James together, doing a Lisa Turker study together. But all of a sudden that was just dropped. You had no idea. Now you got something to bring to the group. So never undervalue what you can bring, but also know you never know what will come up in a group where a, <laughs> there's that stinking fire suppression pump. <laughs> um, you never know what, will, what experiences you have gone through that you can now help and walk alongside someone. Oh, that's good. That's good. I love the circle. As much, I, I did. I said on Sunday, if you didn't listen to our message, I did say on Sunday, I felt, I feel like I was bashing it almost in a sense. I mean, maybe I wasn't. I'm, listen, I'm always harder on myself than anyone. I will walk off the stage and be like, Ryan, you are horrible. Why did you say that? You didn't say this. You, man, why, how dare you to say something so silly like that? I will beat myself up and then God will use it in a mighty way. And people will be like, dude, incredible you should the way god used that man i'll be like oh thank you jesus but um i love the circle even though i I wanted people to get a real sense of what the circle could be though like because i think sometimes we think oh churches have small groups oh this is gonna be great i'm gonna get rooted and a lot of people have bad experiences i want you to know it is messy you got to get in the weeds it's not always perfect there'll be weird things that happen but it is an environment that Jesus definitely uses. It's a powerful environment for us to get rooted to be like Jesus. Okay. So in this past Sunday's message, you used, and I'm trying to think of your exact phrasing, but like one anothering is God's plan. Yeah. Right? Did, I, did I get that quote right? No, you're close enough. <laughs> one another is God's plan. One another is God's close. plan. There yeah. you go. Um, you know, and I want to dig into this a little bit because I think sometimes these have been taken out of context, maybe been made to guilt people into, I don't know, going on a missions trip or, you know, you, you see this used, um, but correct me if I'm wrong, but these passages typically refer to the way we interact with other followers of Jesus. Do you think it is fair to say that there's more weight to how we treat our fellow believers than the way we treat non-believers I don't see that question on this thing Josh it should be where is this it's in what I sent you (laughs) (laughs) what I meant by that is he just threw me a curveball because I did not look to answer that question oh you're gonna have to say it again now because now well it definitely wasn't bolded in the whole thing but dude it's look at where right there on my screen what Question number six. are you in six, six. Oh, okay yeah i just <laughs> that's because there's like a whole novel in there, the forest there's a, there's a whole novel. so so, it, so here's here's a, here's an example right so i was on a trip to um the village that we partner with right now in sierra leone maqui and, and I was having a conversation with one of the people that they were just along on the trip uh, to check it out, to see what World Hope is doing in Sierra Leone. And we had a conversation about Maqui, about, about the village that we partner with. And we said, yeah, it's actually by a, a small margin, a majority Christian population. And this individual said, well, well why, do you, why do you partner with them then if they're already majority Christian it says, shouldn't you partner with a, a village that's primarily 
non-Christian to try to like develop these partnerships. And I said, no, I said, dude, if you read scripture, all these verses about one another, like care, Mm -hmm. carry one one another's burdens, all these, those are talking about the way we interact with other believers. Mm -hmm. And when we get it right, when we one another right, you know, that is a, that is a, a beacon to the people around them that are not. Followers of Jesus, absolutely. So, but that was that was my that was what I said to him. I'm curious, you know, because we talk about the circle as you coming together with uh, with other yeah. believers. It's, yeah, and and you you talked about all these one another's. You know, yep. forgive one another, bear with one another. You know, the the whole list that you had. So I guess that bottom line is 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 the, do we have a higher degree of responsibility? to treat other believers well, a higher degree of responsibility than the way we treat those who are not followers of Jesus. <laughs> Is there a... There's a weight to both. And I don't think you would not say that. There's a weight to both. Is there a slightly heavier weight to the way we interact with each other as believers as we one another each other I, I i i guess i would i would have to look at it scripturally and say yes particularly when jesus says how will they know you're my disciples to the world how will they know by the way you love one another so even Jesus understood those words. There's something powerful to the way you one another that this world will recognize who I am. So yeah, that's a good question. You had a good answer to your own question, by the way. But I want to read Andy Stanley's quote again because it was so powerful. Uh, and I said this on Sunday. This is his quote. Quote, imagine a world where people were skeptical of what we believed but were envious of how we treated one another. End quote. That was golden, what mm-hmm. he just said. Absolutely golden. So, yeah, especially, you know what? I think it, even today, I think it's, not that it was not important for the last 2,000 years from the time of Jesus on. I think it's so critical today that this world looks at the way we one another because we, we need to represent Jesus extremely well to a lost, hurting, broken world, to our lost, hurting, broken friends and family, but they're going to look to sit there and go, what are they doing on the inside of that building? Are they being authentic, real, outside that building? And if they treat each other that way, I can't imagine how they would treat me. Mm. Right? If they are loving one another well, caring for one another well, encouraging one another well, restoring one another well, bearing each other burdens one another extremely well. Wow. If they treat each other that way, surely they're going to treat me that way. Or surely their creator that they worship would treat me that way. If they represent him, I may want a piece of that type thing. So yeah, that's a good question. It's good. And, and I mean, to be honest, it's, it's loaded and it's directional Yeah, because I think you might have people listening to say, oh, hey, I have a circle, right? I have, a, I have my softball team. Like, dude, we're, we're super tight. <laughs> or I've got my bowling team. Or I've got the, you know, the six guys I go out to the bar with every weekend and, and drink uh-huh. beer. Uh-huh. You know, like, I've got a circle. But now maybe, maybe somebody is the only Jesus follower in their circle. But they don't, 
they don't really think they need a Jesus-centered circle. So tie in that idea of one anothering. Bring that back around for us to the circle. Like, why is it important for that person? Because they're saying, I've got great connections. I've got a circle. But it isn't a Jesus-centered circle. Right, right. Talk to that person to, to bring the weight of one anothering into the circle context. Um, <clears throat> you, as followers of Jesus, we need other followers of Jesus to speak well into us. You can't, and I am high on reaching lost people. Like there's no doubt, I think you guys as staff would say it, our church would say it, that Ryan has a heart to reach lost people. Right. We're not, we're not without saying, a doubt. We're not saying leave your softball team. Yeah. Right? I mean, we're not. Which are awesome. You got to be out in your community around non-believers, around the softball teams, around the book club, that reading book club that you're in. You need to be around other people. But when life is throwing you curveballs, what you need more than anything is godly wisdom and advice coming from other followers of Jesus. This is why one so key aspect is you need, I'm going to say, you need a Jesus-centered circle so you can learn the one another as well. But you also need those non-Jesus circles so you can be evangelistic in mind too and be a light. Be a light to them. Be a light on that softball team. Absolutely. Be Jesus to them. Be a light. Tell them, I'm praying for you guys. You guys know where I go to church. You know, you guys sleep in on Sunday morning. Like, I'm praying. You guys know where I stand and stuff. But I, I love you guys. I love you as brothers on the, or sisters as a softball team. All this stuff. Um, you need that. But I'm going to tell you, when your spouse decides one day to walk away from you, who are you going to run to? You need godly wisdom and advice and instruction. So that's why you need a Jesus-centered circle as well. When all of a sudden you get that diagnosis from the doctor that is wrecking your world right now, that you realize you have cancer and you're given this short prognosis of it, oh my goodness, are you going to run to the non-Jesus circle that probably may not know what prayer is or anything? Are you going to run to the body of believers, brothers and sisters in Christ that are going to kneel before God's throne and plead on your behalf and support you. And not that Jesus, non-Jesus-centered circles wouldn't support you, but it's in a different... Right. One will be biblical worldview and the other one will just be a secular worldview. Right. Oh, you need the biblical worldview. You need the Jesus-centered circle. But you need, you need both. You, you definitely need both. Don't just stick with one. There you go. What's out there? You're looking at something. <laughs> so, well, it's weird when you're staring at your own house oh, and you, you can go. see things happen. <laughs> so, you get you get together with a group of other followers of Jesus. The problem is followers of Jesus are not cookie-cutter people. Right? You did I, and it was hilarious, you know, but on Sunday in the <laughs> message, uh, you kind of you talked about some of the interesting uh, tension that can happen when you have people in a group with different uh, religious or denominational backgrounds. <laughs> I want to burrow into I equally this. offended all of us. <clears throat> well, it was hilarious because, I mean, and you know, like I have, I have uh, roots in 
the more Pentecostal. I have roots in the Reformed, and now I'm in the Wesleyan tribe. <laughs> so, so it was hilarious as you were hitting on some of those. I was like, oh, yeah. And I have uh, my best friend from growing up is a he was always a Baptist, and we would always we'd always tease him. Uh, there you go. <clears throat> we'd always tease him, which there's a hilarious joke that I'm I'm tempted to say, but I, it would probably offend some people. Okay, but so we won't say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not actually offensive. Well, I don't think it's offensive. I've told you the joke before, but anyways, I'm I'm getting off track. I really want to tell that joke. Anyways, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, feel free to ask me my joke about Baptists. You can apply it to Wesleyans too, so it's all it's all fair. Okay. It's all fair. How do we navigate different theological stances within a circle? <laughs> oh. With grace <laughs> and truth. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme here. I'm sensing a theme. Okay, but well, but this okay, is no. Why I said on Sunday, major on the major and minor on the minors. I would never make unless it's detrimental to salvation. I wouldn't sit there and be like, hey, let's have this major theological now discussion because we're going to purposely create conflict in this group. That's no, no, no. not what we're after. No, but more from, from the standpoint of, right? I mean, because our theology will color, uh, I mean, the way we apply scripture. Sure. It will sure. apply, you know, so sure. let's say you've got somebody that's coming from, from this perspective, right? And, and, and so they're going to they're gonna bring scripture to the table in the conversation but it's it's going to be colored by, and not, I don't say that in a bad way. It's but it's uh, you know colored by their theology, what they believe about God. Mm-hmm. For example, if I believe that God is all sovereign, and that He determines, <clears throat> you know, the things that happen, I might approach a difficult situation differently than <clears throat> if I'm, I'm saying, oh, actually, we have some say in, in what happens to us. Mm. Right, because on the one hand, you might say, "Well, hey, dude, just psh, buckle up," because God's doing it. Mm-hmm. Versus if you're if you're going to be more, you know, free will oriented, mm-hmm. you say, "Dude, stop being a doofus." Uh, you know, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, you have a choice in the matter. Uh, stop doing something that's stupid and that gets you in trouble every time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that so? How do you navigate those? Different theological stances. Because you said because you said grace and truth, but where do you find that balance between grace and then how do you arrive at the truth when you've got you have different people coming at it from totally different and they would say no, this is this is the truth. Yeah, and that that's what's messy of the circle sometimes when you have a variety of backgrounds. Which I I will say, I think here at Radiant Life, our circles have a lot of variety backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Right from unchurch to Lutheran to Presbyterian to the Baptists to the Catholics to the non-denominational, a lot of different theological backgrounds are represented. I will say this, honestly, I will only die on certain doctrinal hills. Again, if it takes anything away from salvation, that's a hill I'm willing to die on. That it, there is grounded biblical truth in some. I, I, I'm not afraid to have theological conversations within the circle. But I think you got to understand going into it, what is my goal? Am I'm go- is my goal to be an apologetic and win my doctrinal statement? Yes, yeah. I look at you and say that because that would be <laughs> Josh's stance. Um, but, or am I going to come in here and try to learn? And I would say, let's dive into scripture together. 
So let's, let's take that doctrinal thing. Let's, and you and I may be coming at it from a different viewpoint. Let's look at what the Bible says, not what we feel. Let's look at God's word and let's dive in it together with grace and truth together. And um, I think it's okay at the end of the day, as long as it does not affect the most biblical sound doctrine in salvation, we may just differ, right? I mean, this is why you look in your own communities and see several different denominations. It's, it's because we differ on the minor things. We are outside of the occults and everything, the churches in your community will major on the same thing. Jesus Christ is salvation. He's our only hope. He is the way and the truth and the life. He's the access to our Heavenly Father. That's what we all agree on. Okay, we may differ on the little things, but it's okay. Have the conversation, but always please go to Scripture and do it with grace and truth and not always to win the argument. Well, and I, and I will say, because for those of you that don't know, I do, I do uh, have an apologetic bent. But I think you can learn a lot from hearing different perspectives. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Uh, shortly after moving to Sturgis, uh, I was just scanning the radio to try to find what, hey, what radio stations do they have here in Sturgis? And I stumbled upon one, and I'm yeah. listening to this, and I'm like, oh, this is like a, a pastor giving a message. And the whole time he's going, I'm like, whoa, like this guy is awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome. And then he did, he said one little phrase. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I think this is a Catholic radio station. <laughs> and it was a Catholic radio station. But I'll tell you what, I tuned in. There's a, there a priest he spoke on every day at noon, Father John Ricardo, right? And he would dig into scripture. And, he, and I was like, whoa, so many, so many awesome insights that he mm. had into scripture mm. coming from his perspective. Mm. And again, I'm not that I'm going to agree with everything that, you know, he would say, um, yeah. but be open to learning uh, to view scripture through a different lens as long as, like Ryan said, uh, it doesn't do anything with who Jesus is, right? You can't change who Jesus is and stay, and stay uh Orthodox, you can't yep. you can't change the way you gain salvation and stay orthodox. Mm -hmm. These are these are the things that that make or break it. This is why you know we would say, hey, uh, yeah, yeah, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> Sorry, we're gonna maybe tick people off, uh, but but they don't they don't make the cut because of what they do with Jesus, yep. because of what they do with salvation. Um, but yeah, your your main your main denominations. Uh, are going to all be centered around the same basic tenets of, of who Jesus was, uh, how we obtain salvation, et cetera. Yeah. So. Well, as we close, I want to say this one thing. Um, and we've done this, and I think it's fun. We've had those more doctrinal discussions over fires, mm -hmm. right? Nighttime, throw the bon throw the, make a bonfire and have those. Like, I don't always have those conversations within the circle, per se, and I'm, I'm referring to the circle right now as like a life group or a small group or whatever, but hey, we will have fun, and we've done this for a while now, you and I, and we've brought in other people here and there of, hey, let's, we're going to sit around the fire Friday night, and let's talk um, some little doctrinal things, like last summer, discussion on the Holy Spirit, you know, right? Those were good talks. A couple summers ago, we talked... What do we really believe about the death penalty, which will eventually be a podcast <laughs> that'll, episode? That'll in show a few up in uh, faith in and politics. politics. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> Pastor Josh and I are on opposite ends of the death penalty, and that will be that will we'll get into that when we talk the pro life stuff because we definitely 
We're we have, all we have, for. Yeah, we have slightly, slightly different. Don't give it all away. I, okay, okay. Give, we're we we have, we're we on have, the same page as far as <laughs> the early fight for the pro life. Then we have different definitions when it comes later. So yeah, that's that's a podcast and a couple on when we talk politics and pro life issues. So yeah, but have those man. Don't be afraid to invite someone over. Throw a bonfire out there and just talk and get God's word out. Dig into His word. Yeah, you, yeah, you might have episode. people in your circle that they are primed and ready to go for those discussions. Yep. Uh, yeah, the encouragement would be don't make that the main focus in your group. Yep. Because there are going to be some people that are like, what in the world is prevenient grace? And you and one other person in the, in the circle are having like this argument and, and you've just lost everybody else. Yeah. And that's not the purpose of the circle. So. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to try to close. Yes, I was going to say, because if you open, before, open so. you have to close. <laughs> I want to say thanks for watching and listening. <laughs> um, if you can, will you like, subscribe, share, review, send us an email at podcast at the radiantlife.church for any questions, any comments, anything you want to send us that way. So stay tuned. Next episode, we're going to sit right here. We're not even going to change our clothes and we're headed into episode 38, going into more faith and politics. So thank you guys. Get the word out because it's not about our kingdom. It's about God's kingdom. So we'll see you next episode. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections. Radiant Reflections.